on track. The only thing that matters is a win. That's it. However, whatever, whatever it takes. Let's go, man. Let's win on three. One, two, three, man. Live. 319. In the entertainment capital of the world. Vikings blitz. Manning got it off the rare deep throw. And maybe that's why they don't do it. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. They're not used to this damn heat. They're over there trying to set up damn pits over there on the sidelines. Hey, Mr. Ron. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Okay, I ain't going to worry about you no more. 300 yards, four touchdowns. It's so sweet when you walk off that field knowing you gave everything you got. Team win tonight. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? Welcome aboard. It is a football slash basketball Friday. And call it what you want. We are live at the Westgate in Las Vegas, the world famous Superbook. It is the TC Martin Show, our Friday home. Ned, no better place to be than the world famous Superbook, the largest sports book in the entire world. And no smoking. You got to like that. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me, wagertalk.com. Of course, Marco joins us every Monday and Friday. And of course, here at the world famous Superbook, shout out to our gang here Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and the lovely Bev, who's just loves saying cocktails. She loves saying cocktails. <laughs> exactly. She brings us water. I ask for milkshakes. Yes, I think do. the milkshakes could be coming, Marco. I can only hope. It is a Friday. Big Bill Cartwright, the big seven-footer, he is going to join us because we're going to be previewing UNLV-USF on the basketball side tomorrow at the Thomas and Mack Center. Great game on tap and waiting for this one. The Rebels back in action. First home game at the Thomas and Mack in 21 days. They are 10-0. They are undefeated. And USF comes in here 8-3. We're here in Vegas Monday night against New Mexico. Lost a three-point game there, but the Dons... Playing well. The Dons beat UNLV last year at War Memorial Coliseum there in uh, San Francisco, the campus of the Dons last year. So maybe a little payback for UNLV. But talked to Kevin Kruger earlier this week. They are fired up. They're ready to go. They're 10-0. The best start in, what, 31 years for UNLV. The last time a UNLV team was 10-0, oh, yeah, it was that – that championship team. Actually, they weren't the championship team. That's the game they lost to, the the year they lost to Duke, but they won their first 34 in a row, and the only game they lost was to Duke in the championship game. But uh, hopefully, uh, high hopes here for UNLV basketball, and they're playing well. All right, so we'll talk to the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. He's not going to be biased or partial at all. No, of course not with uh, the former USF Don Hall of Famer. So uh, he will join us. Uh, John Murray here at the Westgate, the vice president of the Superbook, he will join us uh, a little bit later on this hour. And then, of course, as you know, our Friday staple, our best bet segment. We'll give you our three best NFL plays for the weekend and uh, also our three best college bowl games that will take place uh, starting tomorrow through Thursday. So, Marco, you got plenty of, uh, of games to choose from, but we already got an early start to, to the bowl games uh, starting today. But, man, uh, just a lot on the table. But it is a great weekend. It is, uh, TC. I'm not sure if I can do the radio show today. I'm, I'm considering uh, entering the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> now, would that be the football side or the basketball side? <laughs> is there a radio side? I was wondering that myself, too. <laughs> I was wondering for that. 
Nubchuck put his name in a long time ago. <laughs> he didn't get any offers? No, he almost got picked. Yeah, he, he <laughs> almost got picked. Yeah. I think by Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, there you go. You know, who knows? All right, man. So, uh, no, great day here at the Superbook. Uh, kind of chill today, too, because you know, no World Cup. But the final is tomorrow as well, too, with France and Argentina. So the book will be jam-packed. Early morning start tomorrow morning. You know, it'll be uh, coming in here about 6 a.m. Uh, tomorrow for that. And then we've got uh, bowl games. And then we've got the NFL. We've got three NFL games. So remember, you got to really check the schedule here. And we'll go over all of that coming your way uh, today. Three NFL football games coming tomorrow. And then, of course, you got your Sunday variety. No more buys. We're done with that. And, of course, Monday night football. And uh, the Raiders game, which was supposed to be Sunday night football, the primetime game, NFL and NBC said, nah, we're going to you're going to nix that. And uh, they moved them up to the 1.05 p.m. start time, which is the least attractive of all of them, you know. I mean, if you're on the West Coast, you want that 1.25 or you want that Sunday night primetime or the Monday night football. No, they give uh, the Raiders uh, the 105 along with the Patriots because neither team doing well. But that has affected the Las Vegas Bowl because the Las Vegas Bowl was supposed to be on ABC at 4.30. They have now been moved to ESPN at 11.30 a.m. So i got a long day to, uh, uh, to, oh, tomorrow, Marco, and i got to start early. I feel bad for you. You have to watch football all day. Go watch basketball. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. You'll get some meals in there, too. Yeah, I know. I'll get a, yeah. I'll get a nice dinner in tomorrow night, too. There you go. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's a birthday weekend. So, I'm, I'm, I'm start, I started the weekend last night. Oh. I was like, kind of like Dennis Rodman. You know how he usually does like a birthday week or something yeah. like that? So, I just try to you know emulate. I'm surprised you don't do an old birthday month. Yeah. Well, I thought about it. I thought about it's it. It's got to suck to have a birthday in so close to Christmas. I never minded it because, see, mine is exactly one week before Christmas, so it's it's not that bad. I, mean, I, I, I kind of like it. now. Yeah, I, I would have double dipped. I said, this yeah, is both. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting that. I, st- I still get that. Well, now I don't get anything. Yeah. But you know, back in the day, you'd get that. I think it's worse if you're like the 23rd, 24th, or 26th. I think that's yeah. that, that's bad. But uh, the week ahead is okay. But uh, anyway... A lot on the table that we're going to talk about today. Oh, thank you, Stevie. There, there, there you go. Uh, let's first start, talk about last night's game between the Niners and the Seahawks. Brock Purdy now three wins, one in relief, two as a starter. Purdy was pretty good. 17 for 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns, and the most important inter, uh, you know, stat for a quarterback, no interceptions last night for him. Christian McCaffrey, fantastic as usual. But I think there were some people out there thinking like, okay, this Brock Purdy thing is, is going to come to an end. Maybe he'll come to end Seattle because they had to go on the road on a Thursday night. Not the case, man. Uh, the, the line was short. It was only minus three for, I think, those reasons. Yeah. But, you know, when I saw this line come out at, at Niners minus three, I didn't hesitate. I participated. I really like this Niners team, and they came through last night. I like the Niners team, but I thought it was a bad spot last night. I'll admit I was on Seattle for the game. Coming back, second start, doing it on a short week, road team. We talked about that before. You lose a day going, you know, when you're the road team for these type of games. But what was on the line last night, because it was a TV game, because they were able to clinch the NFC West, that's got the job done. Now, I, th- I didn't even look at the schedule, but I know I'll be 
looking hard at whoever they play next week because of the situation of what we just transpired. He got the wins, the two games they solidified, locked up the division. Yes, they're still uh, trying to play for home field advantage uh, with Philadelphia and stuff, uh, you know, fighting it down to the, the end of the season. But you've got to think that it's going to be a letdown next week. He's played well. He's been fortunate. The two games that Tampa Bay, let's let's be honest, they've not had a good year. Um, in Seattle, we know that defense is bad. But to me, the whole game changed on one play. It was a 7-3 ball game. Should have been going into the half. <laughs> okay. Scoop and score? Yeah, almost the, the right. scoop and score. Right. But right. Uh, right. yeah, right. set them up at the doorstep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was the what that was the cha- yeah. that was the changing point in that game because. The 49ers came out and went right down the field on the opening drive. Looked like, okay, yeah, this is going to be bad. And then Seattle regrouped, you know, got the nerves out of the way, whatever you want to say. And it was a 7-3 game. And I think if they go in at halftime at 7-3 or if they move down the field and even get a field goal or something on that drive because they were like, what were they, 40-yard line somewhere mm-hmm. in, in there. So they had a possibility. There was still a minute left in the half. It just changed the whole complexion of that game. And then you saw they came out in the second half in the first drive. Again, very productive for the 49ers. And, you know, we go all the way back to Bill Walsh. <laughs> you know, it seems like those first scripted, you know, the 15 series, yeah, plays. It's yeah. just, you know, they beginning of the game, beginning of the third quarter, and that was the game. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, this is the same old Seattle. I'm not really talking about just the Seattle Seahawks this year because obviously they played well, you know, early on. But even Seattle Seahawks teams in the past, I mean, they don't seem to have that same mystique. They've lost a ton of players, ton of quality players. And not just talking about Russell Wilson, obviously, but Bobby Wagner. And the list kind of goes on and on with this team. And Pete Carroll's still there, and Seahawks fans are still hanging on to. To, to hope here, but last night was it was another drastic blow, and Geno Smith is slowly but surely becoming the Geno Smith that we expected to see. Yeah. Did not have a good game last night. Did not have a good game last week, and you know when you have the you know two games in a row at home, you know last Sunday and Thursday. I mean you you you've got to win one of those two games, and and they didn't. And for me last night, I didn't think they were even close to winning that game last night. I know what you're saying. It was 7-3, but you hit the nail on the head. Niners come out first drive, boom, right down the field. Just doing whatever they wanted to do offensively and then defensively. I mean, just the, you know, the way they play defense, the way they hit, and we talked about that scoop and near, near score, which really turned the game around, made it from 7-3 to 14-3, and then it was over right after that. And then the Niners come come out in the second half, immediately score again, put up another yeah. touchdown. So, yeah, you know, for me, you know, the Seattle team – there were so many high hopes, and we thought, you know, at least I thought, you know, okay, false hope here. They're really not that good because, remember, at the beginning of the season, we thought this could be a four or five win team, right? If that. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Let's, let's not lose sight of that. I think this is the best coaching job Pete Carroll's done maybe in his career because if you look at that roster from top to bottom, it's not good. Uh, and for them to go this deep into the season and be relevant – where the guy that left, <laughs> there's nothing relevant about what happened with his season, you know, in Denver. That's been, you know, a total mistake. So I got to give Pete Carroll credit. I thought, you know, and I'll be honest, I thought the reason Russell Wilson won it out of Seattle is because Pete Carroll's style is 
He likes to be conservative. He likes to play the game close to the vest. Don't make mistakes. Keep us close in the fourth quarter and then try to find a way to win. And he had a quarterback that could do that. Well, when they fell behind in you. You know, years passed while Russell Wilson was there, and he, you know, took the reins off of him. Russell Wilson put up big numbers, but he handcuffed him too much. Uh, I got to give him credit for what he's done this year. Uh, but for San Francisco, that defense is scary. And since they got the addition of Christian McCaffrey, this team, no matter who is at quarterback, because I think it's more a product of the system than, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, everybody's making the comparisons to Tom Brady because of the late round, get in by, you know, an injury and all that. Just stop with that right now, okay? But it is a product of the system of Shanahan. Uh, this is a spot where they are built for the playoffs. We talk about different teams. We used to say that about Tennessee because of the running game uh, and their defense was playing well before, and you got Derrick Henry. The 49ers are built to win anywhere. That try that. That team travels with that style. Yeah, and there's no question, and we've seen this, and a lot of this, the credit should go to Kyle Shanahan as well because he's kind of been known for developing quarterbacks and being able to kind of plug and play, and that's what we're seeing with Brock Purdy. And we saw Brock Purdy a lot at Iowa State, and there was some good Brock Purdy and some bad, but not bad in sense of, of horrendous. I mean, the guy threw for a ton of yardage when he was at Iowa State, and they won a lot of games. Uh, but again... There were too many games at Iowa State because I was on the other side yeah. many times that he only, you know, they struggled to get to 17. But to be the last player taken in the NFL draft, right. not Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy, if he decided to come out the year before, maybe he, he would have been a, a, a second or a third round pick. And he goes into the seventh round. But going back to Seattle, this is a team that had a very soft schedule this year. Okay, let's remember that. And they had everything going for them to close the season. Four of the last five games of the regular season, home games. Now, I mentioned they lose to the Niners last night. They lose to the Panthers in a game where they were favored. They should have won last Sunday, and they lose. Now they got to go on the road to Kansas City, and then they finish two games at home against the Jets and the Rams. They might not win another game, Marco. No. And the Rams are terrible. I get that. And the Jets are playing better, and the Jets are going to have a lot to play for on that game on January the 1st. But we can say that, you know, okay, the Seattle Seahawks are 7-7. Seven and seven. They've overachieved. But they could close the season out on a five- or six-game losing streak. And it's a shame that they do because it's going to take away from what they did do at the beginning of the season. And as far as the, the soft schedule, yeah, it was a soft schedule. But remember... The whole division plays the, that same schedule, you know. Yeah, but I'm looking at their non-conference. Uh, yeah. they're out of, out of division games, you know, th those sort of things. I'm looking at. But the conference, they all play the same out of conference it, thing. Yeah. It's just they had right. the easier ones earlier in the year. Okay, you mentioned the Niners. Next week, you got the Commanders. That, you, you want the Commanders? Uh, let's see what happens at, this week at San Francisco. At, but it's going to be a big number. Yeah, it's going to be a big number, and you know, especially if somehow Washington loses this week, um, which it's a you know, if we talk some of the NFL games, it's not one of my best bets. But uh, they're coming off a bye week. I, I think that's. I've always been a proponent. If you go into the bye week on a bad note, I like that because you get in there and you're tinkering, you're fixing things. But when you go into the bye week on a roll, like Washington has, no, they did tie their last game, which happened to be against the Giants who they're playing this week. 
they're still they what were they win six out of seven and then had that that tie. What do you fix during the off week? You know, that's a momentum stopper in my opinion. Um, we'll see what happens this week against the Giants, but they're going to be getting a big number. And how ironic! There's another quarterback that wasn't your quarterback at the beginning right. of the season and turned the team around. I, I think that that theory, you know, works. You really got to go case by case because perfect example where it didn't work is for the Cardinals. Remember the Cardinals went into their bye week after that one-point loss Mm -hmm. against the Chargers where they played well enough, but you could just see this team just really slide. And, of course, you got tons of injuries, and then they come out of the bye week, and then they get drilled. Now, granted, Kyler Murray got hurt in the first series, but, again, Murray hasn't been any good anyway this year. Let's remember that. He has been downright terrible, and you can make the argument, I will make the argument, Colt McCoy has been the better quarterback than than Murray for the Cardinals this year. But there's a team that's just definitely on the on the downside. I mean, they're sliding. They got the vacation plans ready to go. They're done. So they're, they came off the bye. It didn't do any good. But you're right. Washington, different story because they are playing for a playoff berth. Not going to win the division. You know, go back to the last couple seasons, it was the NFC least, and them and the Giants and even the Eagles are all battling, you know, and the Cowboys are all battling, you know, for that uh, division title. But, you know, we know that it's Philly, it's Dallas, and then you got the Giants in, in, in Washington still kind of hanging around. So uh, I still don't like that division, though. I like the Eagles, but everybody else, not so much. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, there you go. There you go. We'll talk about them a little bit, too. All right, so that was last night's game. The Niners win and get the cover as a three-point favorite. Niners beat Seattle last night 21-13. to You talked about Christian McCaffrey. Ever since he's gotten to San Francisco, just what a blessing. And that helps Brock Purdy, whoever the quarterback is. That helps McCaffrey. Uh, 26 carries last night, 108 yards on the ground. He also had another six catches for 30 yards. So McCaffrey accounts for 138 himself last night. What a weapon. If this guy can stay healthy... Man, with that defense that the Niners have and then the the confidence they're playing with right now, yeah, Brock Purdy can be that kind of Trent Dilfer back in the day, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. And I would say he's he's better than Trent Dilfer. (laughs) And again, a lot of people don't know. I mean, we've got three games to judge him by. Actually, four games because he did get in the game against Kansas City where Kansas City routed the Niners. And he looked okay in mop-up time there. But... You know, the last three weeks, he's looked very, very good. And you know what I liked, what I like about Purdy, and I think this play kind of set it all for him as far as confidence. The fake double screen where they went to Kittle for the touchdown yeah. down the middle. So he faked the screen to the left, faked the screen pass to the right, and there's Kittle all alone, dumped it. The way Purdy handled that with the confidence, the composure. He looked Brady-esque, like yeah. kind of cocky, kind of confident. Okay, here, nah-uh. Here, uh-uh. Kittle, wide open. Hit him right between the numbers. Easy touchdown. And sometimes, how many times have you seen, especially with a young quarterback, when you get a guy as wide open as that, that you know, they overthrow him by get, five yards. Because they get too excited. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, we got a touchdown there. Right. But how about, again, presence for a rookie the play that he scrambled to keep the drive alive at the end of the game when he went for the slide, but he went for the slide with the ball yeah. 
uh, how many guys go for the slide? If you got that ball tucked so, back, yeah, you got to reach it out. It's, go, right. it's going back, and he's sliding feet first, but has the presence of mind to get that ball uh, over the the yard marker. So, yeah, I, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. We'll see how it goes now that you know the yeah, last night. I mean, that was you talk about fat and sassy. This is a team that oh no, we lost our quarterback. No, we win the two games that he's out, and we clinch the division. Next week's going to be a real test for them. You know, they can win, and again, they can win and not cover next week because it, it's going to be the line will be over a touchdown. It will. It, it'll probably be close to maybe close to double digits, maybe eight. Nine. Yeah, you're right. Depending we'll, on what happens this week with, with Washington, yeah. exactly. And the Niners will be at home next week against Washington. But I just don't see. There's certain teams that don't seem like they're going to be phased. They're going to be fat and sassy. And for this team, and again, to me, it goes to the defensive side of the ball because that's where the attitude is. That's where confidence comes into play. And when you have a defense that is locked in, now, if they, the defense kind of lacks off a little bit, you're right. Yeah. But if they're focused, forget about it. This, this, this team is, is dialed in. Sure, Debo Samuel is going to be out for a while, but they still got plenty of weapons. And again, for me, Christian McCaffrey, we've seen McCaffrey. Look how good Carolina has been over the years when he's been healthy. And when he goes out, drastic difference. He's not your typical running back because, you know, there's running backs that are good out of the backfield. There's running backs that are good running backs. There's not a lot of them that are good at both. And that just causes so many problems for defenses and it creates matchup problems when he does go out of the backfield you know you're putting you know a linebacker's got to pick him up whatever and that's a mismatch you know with his uh, ability and then once he catches the ball the yards after the catch i mean that run that he had for what was it 20 some yards yesterday i mean he surprises you the speed that he that he actually has right. he, you look at him and he doesn't he doesn't look like you know that he should be an you know Olympic sprinter yeah. or anything, but he's he can turn the jets on when that hole opens up. Yeah. yeah, for him to I know how excited he was coming back to play in the Bay Area after going to Stanford. Yeah. It was just like wow, what a breath of fresh air for him. So and a chance to win a Super Bowl. So good for Christian McCaffrey. Hopefully he can stay healthy. All right, so we got the NFL on Saturday, three games. NFL Network's going to be going to be broadcasting these. They're kind of messing up everyone's schedule here. And, you know, we're used to this at this time of year. But uh, we used to see two games on Saturday. Now we're seeing three. Uh, what are your thoughts about Saturday NFL football? Well, uh, I like the – because we're at the part of the year that we don't have college football. We do have ball games right. tomorrow. But uh, which one do you want to watch tomorrow of those ball games? <laughs> the one that I'm going to be at tomorrow. The Oregon State-Florida game. you don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> But, but it, you know, it, it's it's funny because when you know you're going to go to a game, it's like, oh, they start, okay, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm going to really enjoy this game because I can make a side for, for one of those sides, you know, and uh, it'll be one of my best bets. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not crazy about the 1130 start time, but that's okay. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I think that we've got some decent matchups now, and we're going to talk about all these bowl games with you and I and then when John Murray joins us here in the next segment. But... Usually, you see the the first day of bowl games of what we're seeing here today, the Texas San Antonios, you know, against the Troys and that sort of thing. But you got Cincinnati Louisville tomorrow, okay? That is it. You got, you know, SEC team in Florida, even though they're really not that good this year, and number 14 ranked Oregon State. So you've got some quality games 
you know, on really, as I like to say, the, the opening day or the opening, you know, first couple days. But I think you know, tomorrow's really the opening days. And then you got Washington State and Fresno State. Fresno State won the Mountain West Conference. Washington State's a good Pac 12 team. And then you got SMU and BYU, two electric offenses. And then you got Boise State. And they were knocking on the door of the top 20, top 25 all season long. Unfortunately, they lost to Fresno State last week. But so to me, there are some decent games. In years past, the trend has been, now, we've entered a totally different era in college football with uh, the coaches leaving the way they leave now. We have players the last couple years that have that got NFL you know, aspirations. They don't want to risk injury. They sit out. We've had to deal with that the last couple years. But now we've got this new thing with the transfer portal where... Guys are, you know, entering the transfer portal. I don't think, in, and again, maybe they'll tweak the system. I don't know. But you should not be allowed to enter the transfer portal until the team you're playing for now season is over. I just, I don't like it. It's ruining the bowl games, in my opinion, because why do you want to go to these games where you don't even know who's going to be playing? But the pattern that we've had in the past, the early bowls, you used to bet the dogs like clockwork. Okay, the, those first ten to fourteen bowl games, if you, all you did was blindly bet the dogs, you came out ahead. And then as you got to the better bowls, the cream started rising to the right. top, and the favorites then started to balance the sheet a little bit. I don't know what to think now I, because we've got a lot of big spreads that, on paper, in years past, oh, I'm automatically on the dog. But I think. They might be so lopsided because of who's playing and who's not playing that we might see that trend reverse itself and see a lot of see some favorites in the early bowls. You definitely have got to check to see who's playing, who's opting out, injuries, coaching changes, so many of those things. We'll talk about some of those games here today for the early bowl games. Um, when you talk about these these games here with. Um, you know, teams not not showing up. It's really, r- really hard to look at this and 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 to forecast a winner here uh, with with some of these games here. So we will take a look at those today and uh, give you some thoughts. And we got some again. And the, the Las Vegas Bowl is one of those games with Oregon State and Florida that uh, we'll touch on that has some uh, interesting uh, scenarios as well. But back to your point uh, before we get into those games here is that you know when you look at the transfer portal, the reason why the they having these kids opt out right now is because December 21st is the commitment day. And see, that's where the problem lies. If, if in order to do what you want to do, which I agree with, wait till your season's completely over before you make that decision, you would have to push that commitment day back. Okay. And that commitment day was always before for high school you know, kids. Right. But now with the transfer portal, well, now everybody's jumping in, and it's still the same date of December right. 21st. So I think that's... The problem. You can probably cure that if you move that back, you know, January 1st or 2nd or something like that. How, you know, how would that affect the teams? You know, I I mean, I just think it needs to be done. One of the questions that we have to ask whenever, if it's John or Jay today, where did the money come from today in the Troy, uh, Texas, San Antonio game? Because there was a lot of money. Uh, Troy was the favorite all week. And Mm -hmm. then it, 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 went to three today the other you know the other way the money kept coming in and we are looking i mean it's a a snooze fest of a game (laughs) 12-7 but but 
Well, Texas San Antonio's ahead. Troy looked like they were not ready to play when they got there this morning because they, they didn't get a first down until the middle of the second quarter, I think it was, and they were down 12 nothing, just like that. So maybe, you know, again, you said when you got here that, well, you know, the money moved in front uh, in favor of uh, San Antonio. Maybe that, that balanced out because it looked like San Antonio's ready to play. And if you look at the stats right now, they are clearly one-sided in favor of San Antonio. And uh, Troy had a boatload of penalties, uh, especially in the first quarter as well, too. It looked like they were still asleep. So who knows? All right, John Murray is going to join us, uh, the executive director here at the Superbook. We will talk college football, the Las Vegas Bowl, and NFL, see which way the lines are moving and shaking there. The big seven-footer will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll talk some hoops. And, of course, our best bet segment comes your way at 3.30, so don't you dare go anywhere. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo on a football-slash-basketball Friday at the world-famous Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor. T.C. Martin. It's uh, playing to my heart right now. I bet you don't know what this is, Marco. I don't think anybody listening knows what this is. All right? This is Dumpster Funk. And Dumpster Funk played here last night in the International Theater at Westgate as they opened for the uh, Almond Family Reunion Tour. These cats come from New Orleans. Man, they were jamming. They opened up last night. They had it going on. I had honestly never heard of them before. They've been around since 2002. And uh, great show. But again, a lot of great concerts, of course, here at the Westgate. And uh, it's going to hardly wait. It just doesn't seem like that would be the right pairing. It, you wouldn't think so. But I'll tell you why it worked. Because these guys are from New Orleans. And... They had kind of a funky kind of blues sound. And with the Almond Family Reunion, basically a tribute to the Almond Brothers, which is uh, done by Devin Almond, the son of Greg Almond. And uh, they just brought out the stars. So you had blues legends. This concert went on for over three hours last night. And so Dumpster Funk opened and did their 30-minute set. And then Almond came out there, and they played for two hours and 45 minutes. And I was talking to our good friend Chris here at the Westgate, and she was saying, they wanted to go to midnight. We had to tell them, no! <laughs> we want people to go out and play, you know, but, uh, and they had to turn the theater over, you know, for what they got going tonight, though, but uh, it, it kind of worked. It kind of worked because you both had that kind of bluesy, you know, like, you know, the Almond Brothers, like, kind of, uh, you know, kind of rock, country rock, southern rock, southern thing, but man, a lot of blues influence there, so... There you go, Numchuck. I'm surprised you uh, did that there tonight. But uh, great shows here, as we know, John, here at the yeah. Westgate. Oh, no doubt. Uh, have you been to Manilow yet? Yes, I went to Manilow. I went what to Manilow about that? about a month or a month or so ago. Would you describe yourself as a fanalow? No, I'm not a fanalow. <laughs> and I tell you, to be honest with you, I was uh, on the fence uh, w- whether to go or not. But right. I actually talked to many of your staff members here, and they yeah. said, "Oh no, you got to go. You got to go because th- this great. guy puts on a great show." And he did. So yeah. I, w- I was totally fine with that. But now my genre is coming up here next month, my friend, when George Clinton is coming and cooling the gang. So yeah, when well, those guys come, I'm, I'm there. No that question. That sounds pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So right here at the Westgate. You got a great theater uh, here at the International Theater. All right, John Murray joins us, the executive director here at the Superbook. John, we've got... The Las Vegas Bowl tomorrow got moved up to 11.30. Kind of a little bit bummed about that. But we do got uh, Florida from the SEC 
taking on Oregon State, who's 14th ranked in the country. Uh, I know this number opened right around a touchdown or so, got bet up to 10 uh, with the news that Anthony Richardson was not going to play, the Florida quarterback, uh, their star linebacker, he's not going to play, and uh, Oregon State's playing some very good football. Are those the main reasons why... This line is jumping, and, and well, it, tell us what's got, happening. It got as high as 11, but then there was some resistance to that point where okay. the, the wise guys said, this, you've gone too far with this thing. Yeah. They took 11, took some really sharp money on over in this game, over 51, up to 53 now. So I guess even with Florida going to the backup quarterback, some players not playing, the perception from some of our better players is there's some value on the Gators, and they're still going to be able to score. Oregon State had a great year. I mean, they're really very well-coached team. Uh, I think this game really might be a little bit better than people think it is on paper. It's a pretty decent matchup for the Las Vegas Bowl. It is. It is. I wish the game wasn't at 11.30, though. I mean, I don't know, like, a little early to get down. Well, you know the reasoning behind all that, right? Yeah, because the Raiders game on Sunday, right? Yeah, because yeah. the Raiders sure. were, were flexed out of, they were supposed to be the primetime game. Why Why is that? To make room for the, the Giants and the Commandos? I mean, <laughs> I was, it's your team, isn't I would, it? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I would understand if, like, they're like, we got to move the Raiders-Patriots game out. We got this great matchup here. You know, we got to flex in the, the yeah. Bengals and the Chiefs or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Who the hell cares about the Redskins and the Giants? People in the East Coast. I, I, know. I, I know. I know. I agree with you. I don't but care. but they looked at the records of these two teams, especially the way the Raiders are playing, and they said, "Hey, man, uh, you know, Raiders are a dumpster fire." <laughs> and then you've got oh, that lost the Raiders yeah. last Thursday. Yeah. I mean, you could you yeah. can put that in just like the history books of bad losses. Mm-hmm. That was impossible to lose. Yep. So but, I guess it's I guess anything's possible with the Raiders. Yeah, true. I mean, obviously at the beginning of the season with the expectations, but the subset to it. The hoodie against the student, you know, Belichick yeah. versus. But Josh obviously, the networks and the they don't care about that because that was a story maybe in September, and then the way both teams and the Patriots are no bargain themselves, as we know, and they got the victory in, against uh, Arizona, a bad mm-hmm. Arizona team on Monday night. But again, I mean, the pupil versus. But I, I still think the, the it, teacher. I, I still think it makes on. sense if they're if they're bumping it out for a good matchup. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Then I get it's yeah. like, oh well, the, the Cowboys are playing the Eagles, so we're gonna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So the nominees, Washington, you know, New York. I know. I, I I agree with you. I mean, the nominees that you would be looking at to flex this out. I mean, there's not a lot of great matchups here. I mean. I'm, no, I'm I agree. Just going that's, down why, the list. that's why I'm saying so just leave it. it. It might be the the best of the best. Titans, Chargers. No, we've, you we've know, seen enough yeah. of the Chargers. Bengals, Tampa <laughs> Bay. I guess would be it, right? I guess. But I mean, I, again, I, the Bengals are playing some great football right yeah, now. They yeah. they look awesome. And the Bucks aren't. So no, sir. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Speaking of the Raiders, mm-hmm. Patriots. We see Pickham. We see Patriots were a favorite. Raiders became a favorite. Where yeah. does that lie now? Uh, some some play on the Raiders, uh, moving us to minus one. I see some books at minus one and a half. Not that there's a huge difference in these numbers, but yeah. uh, there is some money that's coming in on the Raiders, trickling in. Not a very heavily bet game, to be honest with you. Uh, most of the emphasis right now from the betters is on the game Saturday. Okay. Three games tomorrow, that's where most of the money's heading in. And then you've got some games on Sunday with some quarterback news today. Uh, Zach Wilson, I guess, is going to try to play for the Jets on Sunday. Yep, he's a starter. And Russell Wilson is out for Denver. So some news there with some quarterbacks uh, 
changing the numbers. All right, let's talk about the Saturday games here. It's going to start uh, tomorrow morning uh, at 10 o'clock. Uh, we got the Colts and the Vikings. Vikings. Is that the first game? That's the yeah. first game. We have Vi- Vikings terrible. are three-and-a-half-point <laughs> choice here. And we know, speaking of bad, how bad the Colts have been coming off that shellacking. There's your theory, Marco. They, they go into the bye week and they get shellacked by, by Dallas. You think they're going to be ready to play? And what are they going to do at quarterback? I mean, they, you know, Jeff Saturday says, okay, Matt Ryan's our guy. Ryan's been horrible. At this point now, do they just throw their hands up and say, hey, maybe we'll go back to that strategy of trying to, you know, get first, second pick or something like that? You can, but, you know, it's a TV game. We say that teams that are out of it, if they're going to show up, they're going to show up whenever they're on a TV, you know, playing on a standalone. It's There's three games tomorrow, but that is the only game at that particular time. Minnesota. The Sharps don't like Minnesota. You know, everybody, they finally got it right last week. You know, and they're all beating their chest that, uh, you know, that Minnesota's not as good as their record. But, you know, as I always say, and they said it Monday on your show, a broken clock's race <laughs> is correct twice a day, too. They got it right with Jacksonville and Minnesota. They've been going against Minnesota uh, for weeks and playing Jacksonville for weeks. So it worked out last week. We'll see what happens this week. But that Indianapolis game, I didn't see that fourth quarter. Okay, I had people in town, and I was at a nice dinner in town at the forum shops. And you know, go into the fourth quarter, and I had a bet on Indianapolis, twenty-one to nineteen, and I'm getting ten and a half heading to the fourth quarter. I you think in, you're cashing, aren't you? Oh, I'm ordering extra stuff off the menu. I'm thinking I'm good. Oh man! About the time the bill came and, <laughs> and the final the score, I was like, "What just happened here?" Because I've never seen a quarter like that. Yeah. Thirty-three points yeah. in the fourth it got quarter. Away. It got away from the clock. <laughs> a little so, bit. John, when you look at this game tomorrow, this does seem like a great spot for the Vikings because this is what the Vikings do. They beat the bad teams, especially yeah. at home. It seems kind of a short price at three and a half, considering where the Colts are at right now. So, are you seeing money? On this game. Seeing money on Indianapolis, really. Okay. Uh, people like, like to Marco's point, right. nobody wants about the Vikings. Uh, they, there wasn't one other time they were right, though, the right. Dallas game. Yeah. Dallas destroyed Minnesota about a month ago, and yeah. we had a lot of sharp guys on Dallas in that game. But, yeah, they just they bet against Minnesota every week is basically what we're seeing here. The Vikings, it's very well documented. Okay, we get it. They are not as good as their record, but they are having a very good season. Uh, I don't know that there's any value at plus three and a half, right. but uh, that's what we're seeing people bet. Uh, they continue to just go against them every week. And, and I, I agree with that, but I think there's actually value with the Vikings in this spot. You know, normally you'd, you know, with a team with a record like that, they'd probably be a six or seven point favorite if our eyes are telling us, you know, and I think if the Vikings are going to bounce back, and I think they will at home, I think three and a half is is a short number to lay. But, again, I get it. You know, it's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you know, so. Well, it's a very short number. Yeah. It's a very short number. Yeah. You're talking about a 9-3 and three team. It's yeah. at home playing yeah. against a team. It's eliminated, essentially eliminated. I, I guess, in theory, they could still get into the AFC South race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're basically, their season's over. And they're on yeah. the road. And they're only getting three and a half points. Like You would think that there would be a, a quarterback injured yeah. or something yeah. significant. You don't see numbers like mm-hmm. that. That's why I just I, it's hard for me to believe there's value on the Colts at a number like that. Second game of the day in the NFL docket for Saturday is Baltimore and Cleveland Browns, a two and a half point favorite. We have a quarterback issue there again. It's it, well, it's been this way for the last couple of weeks. Is that Tyler Huntley will get the start uh, for Baltimore tomorrow? Lamar Jackson still out. Uh, Brownies a two and a half point choice at home. 
Seen uh, some real sharp guys on the Browns. They laid minus two and a half at minus one ten. Uh, we'll see what they if anybody comes back on Baltimore. To me, the game's just a complete toss up. There's nothing that could possibly happen in that game that would surprise me. But seeing some sharp players go Cleveland in that spot. All right, Mr. Brown, you've been on him lately. Are, are oh, they, you going back on him? They killed me last week. Uh-huh. Stefanski, he he's good for one bonehead move a game, at least one. I would have thought that you would have had some uh, money on teasers with Baltimore in a, a you know a low total like that with these two teams and with Cleveland not being able to yeah. get separation. I would think Baltimore would be a live teaser tomorrow. Oh, teasers for sure. They yeah. they definitely will be. They they love those teasers. Mm-hmm. Super low totals. They can go through three and seven. You know that's the that's the the classic teaser spots. So I do think we'll see that. But but so far just on the the side action. Uh, the wise guys, at least here, have been on Cleveland, which I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have guessed that, to mm. be honest with you. And Baltimore did get a win last week against Pittsburgh. <laughs> Miami Buffalo, the nightcap tomorrow. Snow in the forecast. I know a lot of people are making a big deal out of this. Oh, Miami's going to be playing in the snow. Uh, we know that uh, you know Miami, in my opinion, is a lot like the Raiders. You know, they don't beat good teams. Plain and simple. Now, I, I granted, you know, Miami's a much better team than the Raiders, but I'm just saying, kind of like with the Vikings, same way. And, you know, right now, these are two teams, in my opinion, that are going in opposite directions. The number is seven. John, are you seeing people wanting to lay a touchdown because of what I'm saying and they're factoring in the weather? Or do you think there's some value there with the Dolphins that they're now going to snap out of it? I think, if anything, they're going to get involved on Miami plus the points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Miami's a team that's been playing to a very high power rating. I mean, look at last week. Mm-hmm. They were laying three, three and a half on the road against the Chargers last week. Yeah. They, they're getting a lot of respect in the numbers. I, I think that number's a little higher than I thought it was going to be. We haven't seen much yet in terms of wise guy handle on that game, but I, I think they're going to come on Miami if they, do, if they do play the game. Buffalo continues to just sort of sneak by week after week for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not, they're not been, they haven't been overly impressive the last couple of months mm-hmm. they don't have that killer instinct they're letting teams hang around and as you yeah. saw last week you know the jets you know made a game of it late again mm-hmm. in a game that buffalo dominated for the whole the whole game tell me about it i had buffalo last week yeah, yeah. and we see that with kansas city too we see these teams that all right they know they're going to be around playing in january and it just seems like kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. but you figure okay buffalo they know they know the, what the record is. They know that Miami is behind them in the standings. They're right there. So you would think. But I, I think the whole weather and the snow thing is just blown out of proportion. These guys are professional athletes. You talk to, to some of these guys, like uh, you know, talking to Jalen Waddle. He said, hey, you know, Jalen Waddle, you've never played a game in the snow in your life, this and that. You know, is that going to factor in? He's going like, dude, I just, I'll, I'm going to be fine. Or, you know, it's not something they talk about. And yeah. trust me, as a... A professional football player. These guys are not that consumed with that. But of course, we hear you know talking heads and a lot of you know handicappers. They overvalue, I think, the weather aspect. They do. I mean, the only question is: Is there any chance they're going to move the game a day? I mean, I did hear that as one rumor. They should do that. They should move that to Sunday Night Football. And that would that would flex, right, yeah, yeah. Flex the Giants game back to that the would be game. great. That'd be great. Yeah, that yeah. would be now. That's a good Sunday Night Football game. Yeah. The other but, problem with the Miami game, and again, it's a talking heads point that we like to do. Remember how many years everybody used to say West Coast teams coming to the East Coast? That's a you know, fallacy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that was yeah. an urban myth because they right. actually were better. You know, they had a winning percentage, but. 
it's the third week in a row on the road for Miami. So everybody's bringing that up as well. They spent two weeks on the West Coast, and now they're going to play, you know, they're calling for a nor'easter in, you know, in Buffalo with the situation. But, again, you know, Tua, he's one of those guys that either he's going to have that great game and everybody's singing his praises, or you're going to get the game that you saw against the Chargers last week. But I got to question the game plan last week. You're going against the Chargers, the worst team at defending the run. Why are you not attacking that weakness and then setting up? Didn't the they pass watch game? what the Raiders did the week yeah. before? Because that's what they did: Jacobs, 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 and it worked. You know. Yeah. So right. we'll see what happens this week. But uh, yeah, I I know a lot of sharps that are on the Miami side, and I think you're going to get the average better. You're going to be one sided on Buffalo money line parlays, oh, yeah. and you're going to have Buffalo teasers everywhere. Buffalo teasers for sure. They'll be in. The, they'll be in all the money line parlays. Yeah. They'll be starting a lot of the money line parlays. And then the other thing you get this time of year is bowl game money lines. Yes. To these NFL favorites like Kansas City Sunday, Philadelphia Sunday. Uh, we'll get a lot of that. I guess the Packers on Monday night. If you can stomach it, <laughs> they they are a seven point favorite. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the games on Sunday, John. What kind of line movement are you seeing in some of these well, games? There was there was a line movement today with uh, Russell Wilson being out. Rippon's going to start a quarterback for right. Denver, so that number came back underneath three. Uh, we saw that Kenny Pickett is out for the Steelers, so that he's been serviceable in my opinion. He's I, I think he's much better than the other two options they have. So we saw that number come down a little bit. Uh, that's pretty much all I can think of right now. I mean, other oh oh, and the Jets one. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the Jets. So that the, that game they flipped to Detroit favored there because Mike White is out, Zach Wilson is in, and there had been sharp money on the Lions early in the week too, even before that. So that looks like a pretty sharp side on Sunday, Detroit. People Detroit's playing really well right yeah, now. Yeah, they got the mojo going, but yeah. they're they are on the road going to the Meadowlands. Yeah. And again, who would have thought the Detroit Lions would be a favorite anywhere on the road? But we're Go, seeing it. Going back to the Steeler game with Kenny Pickett out, there's a lot of talk from some of the beat writers. The locker room wants Mason Rudolph. Yes, that's true. I heard that exact same thing. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. So you got Trubisky and and Rudolph and Mike Tomlin. You know, is basically saying, well, you know, he's kind of keeping Mason Rudolph to the side. But I guess for the first time yesterday, Rudolph got some snaps in practice, but he's still not getting the majority of the snaps. He's only getting like 20, 30% of the snaps. And that tells me that he's leaning towards Trubisky. Why the love affair with Trubisky? I don't get it. I mean, you paid the money for it. You have him there. He single-handedly cost him the game last week against Baltimore with the three interceptions. And all of them were in scoring position. Um, He just gives them nothing, Marco. He gives them no chance to score. (laughs) I like Carolina in the game unless they go to to Rudolph. Because if they go to Rudolph, it's going to give a little bit of a spark to the team. Because the players like Mason Rudolph. I mean... I've never been a fan of his, and I had the pleasure of going last year. It was my birthday weekend with Kelly and a friend of mine, Johnny, and we went to Pittsburgh for the Detroit game. I remember that. Yeah. I'm sitting there eating dinner yeah. when the word came across Saturday night, Ben Roethlisberger out with COVID, and I got, <laughs> I got Mason Rudolph, and uh, we were in the uh, <laughs> tie game with Mason Rudolph, and that cost uh, Kelly or uh, 
Survivor. Kelly goes to a lot of. She goes to a lot of football games. She gets around. I mean, I'm going to the Las Vegas Bowl tomorrow. I don't yeah. want to say too much. But <laughs> she, goes, she goes to a lot of football games. There you yeah. go. It must be nice. We'll yeah. look forward, man. We'll see you there. All right. Uh, I like Carolina in this game. And does this game scream under as well, too? You would think. I mean, with that yeah. quarterback matchup, yeah. Carolina is playing. I, I know this sounds ridiculous. They're playing decent right now. They're playing good football. They, they, the last two weeks, they played very good hey, football. I've joked about it. You fire your coach. Yeah. You put the quarterback that you signed at the beginning of the year to be your quarterback out on the front lawn, free to a good home, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you trade away your best player on the team. And they're what they've won, what you know. And they traded Robbie Anderson too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, McCaffrey. You're, you're referring to McCaffrey, but they traded Robbie Anderson as well. They, I, I don't know. They, they've been, they've got a lot of good young players on defense, and they're they're in a horrendous division. They control and their own destiny. There's no the reason why they can't win the NFC South. There's really not. I mean, it's it's not. It sounds so ridiculous, but it's not. Have you gotten any mo- because of the fact that they already beat Tampa and they're only one yeah. game behind Tampa? Have yeah. you gotten any money come in on them? To I have the playoffs? Se- I haven't seen that. I haven't seen people taking that leap to like Carolina Futures or anything like that. But it is a possibility. I just think it's one of those things that's flying under the radar. People aren't aware. Jacksonville could still win the AFC South too over in the other the other conference because they just beat Tennessee in Tennessee, right? Yeah. And they could win that division. They could make the playoffs too. Yeah, Tampa Bay's in that division. They're a mess. They're getting three and a half at home against Cincinnati. We know that the Bengals are playing some good football now. Any yeah, any playing, movement? Bengals on that? are playing great football. Yeah. Any the movement ba- on that game? I haven't seen any movement on that right. game, but I, I don't know of any team right now. Uh, maybe the 49ers. Uh, and the Eagles. Eagles playing are playing better. great. Yeah. But man, is C- Cincinnati is doing it against like a really high level of competition. Uh, they're, they're playing awesome. Except Cleveland last week. <laughs> Except for <the> <laughs> A lot right. of sharp guys on Cleveland last week. Yeah, I was I mean, one of just, them. They keep, <laughs> so we talked about the Las Vegas Bowl. What about uh, the other bowl games that are happening this uh, weekend? Real quick, John. You got Cincinnati, Louisville. Game's virtually a pick 'em. You got Florida, uh, rather uh, Fresno State, three and a half over Washington State in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. And then uh, you've got uh, SMU four over BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we got pretty much. Just juggling these bowl games. They're hard to book. They're hard to bet. Uh, you never know who's going to play. Just for this show, got some news. UCLA had a few guys not playing, including the starting quarterback. Saw the number come down on Pitt. The games this weekend, we saw some sharp money on a few of them. SMU, Fresno, both got some sharp money. Nothing really in that Louisville game. But it's just, you got to constantly be monitoring Twitter. It's like booking the NBA. <laughs> it's like booking the NBA. Like, do any of the players feel like playing this week? Yeah, a couple of them are actually going to give it a go. It's just like booking NBA regular season games. Mm, that's crazy. So no, no, uh, nothing unusual. Nothing we don't do every day. But I, I don't like it because I, I used to love betting the bowl games. Uh, really, my favorite time of year in a lot of ways. Oh, me too. Wise. Yeah, I and agree. it's just not, it's just not what it was a few years ago. It's just, it's not the same thing now. Where guys, I mean, guy like, I, like I saw, like the whole Purdue team is sitting out, <laughs> and it's like, why? Like, why? Who are you guys to where you don't think you need to play in your bowl games? I don't understand it. And I loved it that Nick Saban came out and said, no Alabama players are opting out. They're all going to play in their game. And, you know, people, you know, I was banging the Alabama bandwagon to get in instead of Ohio State. And uh, here it is. Oh, Alabama, those guys are going to opt out. Not a single one. That just, just shows you, you know, guys, 
committed to the program and guys that believe they know they're going to be playing on Sundays next year. They want to improve their stock, which I wish more people would do. We get those alerts a lot in the NBA, though. It's like, hey, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are actually going to play today. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. You wouldn't expect that. that, Like, we got that alert. Bryce Young and Will Anderson are going to play. That's good. The two best players on the team are going to play in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's kind of a a sad statement about what the bowl games are now, that we have to hear that the defending Heisman Trophy winner Mm -hmm. and the guy that came into the season considered the best defensive player in the country, they're in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. I know, I know it's not what they wanted their season to yeah. be, but it is still one of the classic bowl games. It is. Of course they're playing. John Murray joins us, and appreciate you, Jay Cornegay, everyone here at the Westgate, my friend. Have yourself a great weekend, and uh, enjoy the Las Vegas Bowl. Maybe I'll see you there. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it, man. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Here he is, John Murray, the executive director of the world-famous Super Bowl. When we come back, we're going to talk some NBA With the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, we've got best bets coming your way next hour. Our three best NFL plays and our three best college bowl games between tomorrow and Thursday, so hang tight for that. We are at the Westgate. We're at the Superbook, our Friday home, right here on a fabulous Friday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Capital of the world. Bring your lunch. It's the TC Martin Show. With a flex of the muscles. Diagnosis. Look at that. Oh my goodness. Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow. He can really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. <laughs> Number two here at the world famous Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Glad to have you with us, wherever you may be. Streaming live, of course, anywhere and everywhere. TCMartinShow.com, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. And, of course, our Friday home is here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Love it. Great entertainment here, of course, at the Westgate Las Vegas. And, of course, don't forget about Football Central, where you can watch all of the games in the comfort of the International Theater, the 4K video wall, the giant screens, the food, the beverage. Great place to watch the games inside the theater here at the Westgate. And, of course, you all know what the uh, sportsbook's all about. So comfortable here. And we are so glad that uh, our good partners here at the Westgate are uh, with us each and every Friday. All right. Uh, Marco D'Angelo is in the house on a Friday afternoon, as we well know. Our best bet segment coming up a little bit later on. And remember our three best college bowl games between now and Thursday. And, uh, of course, our three best NFL games. And remember, three NFL games coming your way tomorrow as well. So looking forward to that. All right. Right now, let's talk a little basketball. And uh, a gentleman who was uh, scheduled to join us here at the Westgate, but uh, 
some uh, some travel difficulties and whatever because he was coming to town for USF and the UNLV runner Rebels on the basketball side tomorrow. The big seven foot of the five time NBA champ and the USF Don Hall of Famer Big Bill Cartwright. What's going on, seven footer? Well, as you know, I have a little circumstance happen. Uh, family sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that took me out of the rotation. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be watching, uh, watching the game from the house. But uh, it is what, you, what it is when family's sick. You got to step up. You got to step up. <laughs> there you, you go. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, I was willing to step up here, uh, you know, for you. Like I said, I had dinner reservations for you, uh, show tickets, uh, you know, game tomorrow, as you well know, at, uh, at the Thomas and Mack Center. Uh, I can't, when was the last time you were at the Thomas and Mack Center? Maybe as a player? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Long time, I, right? I, 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 I can't remember, but... Uh, but, but, but you know, the circumstance, you yep. can't do anything about that. Nobody wants to be sick. Everybody wants to uh, be feeling good. And, but when they are, uh, you got you to step up. And that jewel, make sure everybody's healthy, make sure everybody's feeling good. Um, make sure everybody's safe. So, so there you go. So now I, I got to wait. I got to wait all this way. Or the conference tournament, but uh, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. We'll just do whatever it takes. Well, well here's the deal. You, you see, you really don't have to wait until March for the WCC conference tournament to come back. You know, you're, you're a short plane flight away. You can come anytime you want, you know. You, you, you've got that in your, you know, in your, your means. So feel free. Just, you know, uh, drop by and say hi on a weekend, you know, or a weekday. Well, well, like I said, I do have my own obligations uh, <laughs> for the school that I work for, believe it or not. And, That's uh, right. He's got a cushy know. job, Marco. He's got this cushy yeah. job over at USF. He checks in, checks the guys out, practice, sees the girls play a little bit, and, you know, gives the coach some advice. Then he kicks back, watches the game, goes home, has a cigar, and watches a lot of TV. This is coming yeah, from the, the yeah. guy that I, I wish I wish I wish my job was like that. I do know more than that. But but just like everything in life, half half your job is showing up. That's true. You can't just you can't just uh you can't just bail and and then and, and go to Vegas even though we'd like to. So uh so just show up and have, have nothing else. I mean let's say you're doing nothing that day. Show up. <laughs> And then just and then just go home. But you got to show up. All right. Speaking of showing up, are the Dons going to show up? Are they going to show up here at UNLV? The Rebels, my friend. Do I need to remind you they are ten and zero? Kevin Kruger's got this team playing well. They play defense, and th- we haven't seen this from a UNLV basketball team in a long time. They're playing defense. They're ten and zero. First time they've been ten and zero since that. The, that uh, 34 and one team. They won the first 34 games going back to 1991. But uh, they're thinking, uh, you know, we had Kevin Kruger on the show. You know, I brought you up. He 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 knows all about the the relationship. I, I believe you know you got a chance to see him up close and personal last year at War Memorial. He was uh, looking forward to to having you here, man. And he, and he told me that uh, if I was caught wearing any green and gold to that basketball game tomorrow, then my credential would be revoked. So uh, I I I got I, I can't wear the green and gold tomorrow. So I'm telling you there, but. Uh, Anyway, he gave he gave the Dons a lot of respect. 
Uh, you guys are eight and three. Rebels are ten and zero. Are you guys going to show up tomorrow? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with showing up. It just has to do with how the game's gonna game's gonna be played. And you know, Kevin's gonna do the right thing because he knows that we are a dangerous team. We know that uh, we've had great games this year. Uh, we've had great games well regarded well. Uh, our game against uh, uh, New Mexico was not one of them. Uh, you can't give up 80 plus points and win That's basketball games, but um, we're, we are Davis because we do have that uh, ability to guard well. And even more so, and I would tell Kevin as he's on the air, uh, we can score. So um, he, he knows we're dangerous. Uh, uh, we, we know how good of a, a team he has and uh, what kind of a coach he is. So I'm expecting a great game. I'm expecting a close game. Um, but uh, it was a close game. I'll tell you what, I, I, I kind of like our guys. Our guys are really dangerous. Uh, you have no clue. I have no clue. Who's going to shoot well? <laughs> yeah, that's it with your well, guys. I think you shoot the lights no off one night, and uh, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, you guys played New Mexico no. tough the other night. You guys played here at the Michelob Bolteria in the Mandalay Bay, lost by three. But uh, I don't know. So let me tell you. Now, we've talked about this before. So before you start, like, freaking out or whatever, I don't want to hear no bad juju or none of this stuff. And of course, we're in the sports book. We've got the early line in the game. Uh, you've been pretty good at predicting what you think the line is going to be. What do you think the line on this game is tomorrow, UNLV-USF? No, I'm not going to go. You know I'm not going to go the line. <laughs> do, you know what? I don't like that, especially for my own team. <laughs> I would never, I would never, even, I don't okay. even want to think about that. Okay. I don't even want to think about it. I, what I, do you think the line should be? What should the line be? You know your team. You've seen UNLV play. What do you think the no. line should be? Who should be favored? No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that for you. You know, that's bad okay. vibes. Well, I'm going to tell you. That's and really I, bad vibes. I want a reaction from you, okay? Because you know you're going to ask me off the air, like, what's the line? Or tomorrow, you're going to ask me. He always does this. All right? So I'm going to tell you what the line is. You sure you don't want to take a stab at it, take a guess? No, because that's, that doesn't feel right, man. All right. And, uh, uh, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to ask him. Okay. Okay. So, then I'm going to tell you, and I want your reaction. Just give me, you can give me a one-word reaction. Here it comes. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, Thomas and Mack Center, UNLV, 10 and 0. Against the USF Dons, eight and three. UNLV favored by seven and a half. <laughs> I got, I got silence. <laughs> Come on, seven footer. You, you just told me it's going to be a close game. You want me to go to the window right now and bet number six six five UNLV. There it is. That's that's the rotation no. number. <laughs> No. You, Marco, you do you see what the UNLV that. rotation number is? 666. Six, six, six. Yeah. I don't know if that's good. <laughs> How's that, Bill? Is that bad juju if the rotation number is 666 for UNLV? Yeah. yeah. Well, look, <laughs> for one thing, as you know, don't bet on don't bet on any of my teams. <laughs> my teams go on. You got the whole rest of college basketball to bet on. No betting on the Dimes that way. That's, I don't just for me that's just bad vibes. Uh, Marco, um, have you ever met such a superstitious former basketball player and head coach in your life? I have not. There you go. So Marco's a professional. Marco, handicap the game for us. Who do you like? 
I am surprised the line came out that high. Yeah. And, like, and we actually saw two places. There was a six and a half out there as well. There was okay. one place has six and a half, one place has seven and a half. So let's split the difference and say seven. Okay. We'll see what the market does with it. I would think that you're going to see some money on the Dons. Yeah. I, I think the movement will go more to the six and a half than, than the seven. I agree with you. There you go. All right. You guys are a live dog, Cartwright. No, I still, I still didn't hear words to say. Didn't hear one word. All right, man. All right, all right. Well, we look, we look forward to it. Hey, let's talk a little NBA with you now. I, I know that you and I are on the same page with this. It's, it's hard for us to watch this product, and you, you still love your, your league, uh, but you've admitted it's kind of hard to watch. I know you've been probably watching a little bit more at this time of year than you have in years past. But what happened last night? Uh, this game with Memphis and the Milwaukee Bucks. You see the final score of that game? The Memphis Grizzlies yeah. won this game by 41 points. And you and I have talked about games like this before. This is coming off the heels where Milwaukee just beat the Warriors a couple nights ago, right? Competitive game. They, well, actually, they beat down the Warriors. And then, then the Bucks lose two nights later by 41. Memphis had 50 in the fourth quarter. How does any... NBA team give up 50 in a quarter, a fourth quarter at that. I can't call it. I, um, I did play for 16 years that I coached for the same. Uh, I've, I've never been in that kind of a game. So I, I don't, I don't, understand, I don't even pretend. 32 years. Understand. Never been anything like that. Never. Wow. Never. It's, it's just, it's, uh, insane. And saying that something like this can happen, you know, even if you're coming off a back-to-back game, play your young guys, play your bench, throw some zone in, maybe pick up full court, do something different. Uh, I don't know. I've just, I've just never seen uh, the game basically over at halftime. So I don't, I don't know what to make out of it. Uh, I can't explain why something like that would happen. Uh, it, it's really hard to do. Um, it's really hard to score 50 points in a quarter. Uh, but, but you know, the Kings uh, give up an 80-point half um, uh, this last week. So I've, I've, I've never been in that kind of a game either. So I don't even pretend to understand how that can happen. Uh, it's just what it is right now. You got to deal with it. Now, one thing I do want to mention before I'm off the air here, because as uh, an old guy, you have an opportunity to play with some uh, uh, great guys, uh, all-time guys, and we, we lost one of those yesterday. But uh, with our great friend Louis Orr, who was a really great friend of mine. Um, I followed him throughout his coaching career. We played, of course, in New York. Uh, he coached at uh, Senal. He coached uh, at Bowling Green. And lastly, he was uh, with Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. Patrick called me and told me that uh, he was sick, had cancer, and uh, he ended up passing away last night. So we're very sad about Lou, we should celebrate his life because he's an amazing person, uh, very, very religious, uh, just a great, great person, great teacher of basketball, uh, great father, grandfather, 
just just a great human being. So uh, we should definitely acknowledge that. And and I was just really really pleased to be his friend. Yes, uh, I was going to bring that up actually to you. And again, I know you guys were former teammates and very close friends. Way too soon for for Lewis Orr to pass away at the age of 64 and. A lot of people probably don't remember him, but I do. When he was at Syracuse, he was phenomenal as a player at Syracuse. And like you said, uh, you played with him with the Knicks. He had a very nice NBA career and, uh, and a coaching career uh, as well, too. So uh, very sad day to lose him um, to cancer at the age of 64. And like you said, still involved in the collegiate game, being a, an assistant to Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. And uh, I, I know how fond you were of him and you guys were very very close and uh just kind of bill talk a little bit about that you know when you first got a chance to meet him and you guys both you know came up through the nba together you know with the knicks yeah lou's the kind of guy that he uh just such a solid guy such a fun guy to be around uh he was the kind of guy that uh you could definitely hang with because uh you know, if you're going somewhere, like we would be in New York, and let's say we wanted to stop, and hey, let's go check out this, uh, this 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 picture, this piece of art, and he he's just a guy that's got to hang with you. Um, you know, he was just uh, just a great person, and a, you know, great wife, uh, kids, um, just uh, just almost just like your brother. So. Uh, we just always stayed close throughout the course of the year, and um, you know, just just fun, just a lot of fun to be around. So, and it is isn't it amazing when you have old friends and you haven't seen them in a year, and it's like you haven't missed a beat. It's just like <laughs> you've been talking to him every day, and that's what kind of guy he is. That. Uh, it didn't matter how much time passed by. Um, same feelings, same thoughts, same. Uh, uh, he can definitely identify with what you're doing. So um, it's just a guy that you're naturally bonded to. And uh, he had a lot of teammates like that, uh, you know. Uh, besides Patrick, uh, guys like Trent Tucker, I just talked to Gerald Walker, I just talked to uh, Bob Thornton. All these guys we played together, we just kept always bonded together, uh, even throughout the course of these years. So, um, like I said, just a special guy, special person, um, just in every possible way of, um, of what a great human being should be about. That's this guy. Lewis Orr passes away at the uh, age of 64, so very, very, very sad. And like I said, I know how close you guys were, so, uh, you know, sorry to hear the, the passing uh, of your friend. Uh, T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside uh, uh, the Superbook. Uh, Bill, question for you uh, when we were talking about the, the NBA games last night and Milwaukee getting crushed. During your illustrious career, how many times... Um, did you have load management games where you you had the day off? <laughs> you know that didn't really start until um, later in my career. Maybe my last 
two years at Chicago, but that was mainly because we had other guys that, you know, they wanted to play. But so, but think about this. You talk about load management. Uh, that was after like 60 games. Right. So like 20 games up to go in the season. It's like, hey, we're going to take a couple of days off to get ready for the playoffs. They're going to take days off and after 20 games? For, for what? How about, how about just playing your team and playing your bench? That's automatic load management right there. Now instead of paying these guys 40 minutes, play them 30 minutes. And you'll still get great production and you'll, and you'll make your team better. So, like I said, I don't think they understand what these guys are doing. Uh, maybe some numbers guy got together and said this is the right thing to do. It seems to be trending now. They're listening to numbers. And uh, um, like I said, the big thing for me and uh, the thing is, and TC agrees, is that I don't see how you're, you know, a fan, and uh, you, you're definitely not going to any back-to-back games because guys won't play. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. Like I said, I don't understand it. Uh, sometimes my son uh, James, my youngest son. It's on me for saying, you know, you're just an old guy, you know, you know, I'm talking about it. Like, okay. <laughs> but uh, it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So um, it is It is what it is. It, it makes it hard for us as handicappers because obviously we don't know these lineups till the last minute with guys sitting out. <laughs> but for a fan of the game, if you're, you know, you've got a son that, you know, his favorite player is a team that, you know, a player on a different team. And that team's coming into your city. You want to go and buy those tickets the minute you can because you want your son to see that, that player and then he doesn't play. I, I, to me, it just, I think it's hurting the game. It's big time it's hurting the game. And they, they don't care because once, and like Bill hit the nail on the head, the trend, once you have a trend, no matter what it is in life, it, that, that trend gets going and it, it doesn't stop. And we got a lot of bad trends right now. Um, I don't know if either one of you guys have seen uh, the documentary that's currently, I believe, HBO with Shaq. Uh, it's a four-parter. And uh, I found it pretty interesting. I think the, 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 the fourth part is going to be airing this week. But Shaq talks about this too, that and because again he played the same time that Bill played. It's like he goes, I was hurt, I was banged up. He goes, I mean, it's like we didn't think about not playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talked about this. He goes, it, it was just insane. And those guys, and, and Bill will tell you, I mean, you guys are playing with you know broken fingers. You're you're playing with hamstrings. You're pulling with playing with broken a broken foot. And it's like, okay, we, we got to, you know, just truck through this, right? It, it, it is insane and crazy. And if you do talk about it, you know, people think, oh, well, okay, that's, you know, you're just an old, old-timer. This, that. No, it's just like, but the, the game, the way it was back then, it, it, was, it was something to watch. And we're, we don't have that feeling anymore. We don't have it. You know, Steph Curry just got hurt the other night. Now Curry said he's going to be out, you know, three weeks. I mean, every year for what, the last five, six years, we're dealing with 
somebody on the Warriors, and that's the marquee team and has been for the better part of the decade, right? Clay Thompson, you know, Kevin Durant when he's part of the Warriors, Steph Curry, these guys just, you know, Andre Iguodala. I mean, they're always hurt or they're taking time off. And I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon, guys. Not at all. It's only going to get worse and worse. And, you know, people want to talk about, oh, people are watching baseball. I think people are starting to shy away from the NBA. I grew up in Pittsburgh, didn't have an NBA team. Well, yeah, you did. You had the fish of save Pittsburgh. I mean, you had Mona, you had Dr. J playing for you. That was outstanding. Bill, you saw the fish of save Pittsburgh, right? That was awesome. I can't believe they didn't come to you and, and, and want to give you a role in that movie. I did. I did see that. Uh, I think twice. And I think that was that was that's all I needed. <laughs> I would make trips to Cleveland to see games, and I would take my nephew. And we went when Kobe and Shaq played on the Lakers. Yeah. Now, how disappointed would I have been to pay good money for those tickets? Yeah. Drive to Cleveland because nobody wants to drive to Cleveland, yeah, right. especially if you're from Pittsburgh. But to go to go see the game and then not have them sit out. Yeah. I I, just, I can't fathom that, and it, it, I think it's wrong, and uh, and that's not that's not me being an old guy saying get off my lawn. That's right. that's not fair. Load management. What's wrong with okay? Play a few minutes. Play ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Let let the fans see for some part of it. Because they game. don't care about the fans. They 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 really don't. I mean, wouldn't you say that's a pretty fair assessment? I mean, no one wants to say that, Bill, as a player or a coach or anyone in the organization. But the bottom line is, if you really got them to be honest, they're going to say, "Hey, man, we 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 got to take care of our team. We we don't care about the fans." When really, it's it's 180 degrees from where your mindset should be. Because let's be honest, those you know ticket escalating prices that keep going up and up and up. That's fueling what the, where the salaries are. Yes, it's TV, but it's also that revenue. Look at the Sacramento Kings. Perfect example. Bill will tell you, I don't understand how the Kings are still drawing 17000 a night when they haven't been in the playoffs in 20 years. I mean, they're horrendous to watch. They're horrible. And even last year, the year before, they're drawing anywhere from fifteen to, to 18000 Right, Bill? It's crazy. Well, well, for one thing, let's explain that. They're just like Portland, so they're the only show in town. So if, if you're going to go to the... It's not a very good show, though. At least Portland's <laughs> a better show. Well, but that's but that's all you got. And uh, now, they're, I tell you, they're, they're going to be sold out. Uh, I mean, they they haven't played this well in 20 years. So uh, there's got a great chance of them being in the playoffs this year. So... As a matter of fact, they they're probably going to be sold out the next five years. People are people are going to buy up tickets uh, and probably get locked in for five years. So, uh, and, but like I said, the Kings are a little bit different because there there is the well, where else you going to go? Where's we going to go down? Now we we got uh, a, we got plenty of food places to go to on a on any weeknight or weekend night. I mean, there's a lot of better places to go. Heck, we, we got casinos that we can go to there in Sacramento as well. Now, come on, man. Uh, no, I'm just saying that sports wise, that they're the only show in town. Uh, summertime, you go to a rubber cats game. Uh, that's that, that's about it. So, no, I'm sorry, we do have a professional soccer team. As well. so, uh, and we know people. A lot of people go to soccer games. So uh, that's it. So and look, let's give the Kings credit. The Kings do a great job of 
of keeping a positive attitude, of keeping a positive attitude in the community. Their players are really good as far as getting themselves out. Um, I, I, I really commend them that way. They just haven't played very well. And uh, I'm just really happy now that it looks like they're going to have an opportunity to get in a playoff game because Sacramento really deserves that. Yeah. They've, they've supported uh, that team for a long time, not winning. So to be able to do that now is uh, it's going to be super awesome. Well, I'll hold my breath. Uh, Kings don't hold your breath. Stop it. Stop it. I'm <laughs> telling you. Come on. They're, they're still not that I'm good. Not, I'm not, come on. I'm, not, okay. I'm just I'm not saying they're like championship. I just want them to play. All right. All right. All right. There we go. All right, my friend. Um, we'll let you go. All right, so we're not asking you to bet. We're not asking you to pick your team, but you're. But I'm, no, uh, we understand. We're not. You don't want me to go to the window. I'd even go to the window for you. No problem. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. But all right, I am going to hold you to making a prediction on the game. Final score. What's going to happen? Come on, people want to hear. Let's go. What's going to happen? Don's going to win. Don's going to win. Don's going to win. Yeah, there you go. All right. He's predicting it on Nunchuck. Right, right down. What's the score going to be, Bill? What do you got? 77-72? What do you got, man? Close? Don's are going to win. That's, That's all right. I need to know. <laughs> That's okay. But don't bet on them. And, uh, <laughs> wow. I'm not going to tell him if I'm going to bet on them or not. That's it. All right, my friend. Uh, we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you go, man. Enjoy uh, the game from afar, and uh, we'll see you when you get back here next time. Hopefully, uh, everybody in the family is, is well. Uh, everyone's healed up, and uh, I know you're you're playing uh, father, caregiver, the big brother. The you're, you're doing it all. The husband, you got it all going, man. So so keep on keeping on. You're stepping up, big guy, just like you did. Phil Jackson said you st- you st- you stepped up back in the day, and now your family's saying he's stepping up back in the day. There it is. But I don't see yeah, you cooking. Okay. I know you're not cooking any meals. I know you're going out and you're getting some pizzas and some burgers. I think that's what you're doing. Why don't you step up and cook a meal? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's not my role. You know, I can, I can, I can make coffee or tea. I can do that. Yeah. So. Uh, you're going to be missing a, a, a great Italian meal tonight. You're going to be getting some pictures later. You know, you and Marco are going to be getting some pictures. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of the plate where you guys should be sitting tonight. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that does hurt. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> there it is. That's it. Uh, all right, brother. Be good, man. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Adios. There he is. Big Bill Cartwright, the five-time NBA champ, the pride of USF, the USF Hall of Famer, and, of course, uh, those championship rings with the Chicago Bulls as both a player and a coach. All right, we come back. Time for our best bets. We're going to give you our three best NFL plays for the weekend, as well as the bowl games right here at the world-famous Westgate of Las Vegas. It is the Superbook. It is a football Friday. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. 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 A little football Friday coming at you like we do each and every Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas at the world-famous Superbook. Come on by, see the show live every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. And don't forget, we talked about the International Theater, great concerts and everything here, but on Sunday it is turned into 
Wow, Football Central. It is fantastic. Watch all the NFL games on the big screens, a 4K video wall, or you can come here to the sports book as well, too, in the very comfortable surroundings here at the Westgate with the fantastic food court. You can get whatever you want over here in the food court. You got burgers, you got tacos, you got pizza, you got great stuff. And of course, the fine dining here at the Westgate as well, too. Fresco Italiano, great Italian food. Edge Steakhouse is a fantastic. And, of course, Benihana as well, too. One of your favorites, right, Marco? Hey, I like a little stir-fry. You do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, great stuff here at the Westgate uh, Las Vegas. All right, uh, our best bets coming your way as we uh, get ready here for a, uh, a wild, woolly weekend. Remember, we've got games on Saturday in the NFL as well as college bowl games just kicking off. Bowl game started today, including the Las Vegas Bowl coming your way uh, tomorrow morning at 11.30 at Allegiant Stadium. I hope that they draw well because we remember last year when Arizona State and Wisconsin played here. Uh, we had a great crowd just the week before the Pac-12 championship game going back last year. And we had another great crowd here last week, uh, now two weeks ago, when uh, Utah came in here to beat USC. 61,000. But um, I'm not sure you're going to get Oregon State and Florida to travel here to Las Vegas, being one of the early bowl games. And we talked to our good friend Johnson Senny, the executive director, and he admitted that uh, ticket sales were a little bit slow. It was very disappointing last year. I believe the number was right around 32,000 is what they had for Wisconsin, Arizona State. The problem, too, TC, is there's so many events going on in Vegas. I mean, it's we went from... No sports town till we got we've got everything. I mean, last weekend you had two different college basketball tournaments at two different venues in town. You had the Golden Knights playing on the weekend, and you know the Raiders they were on the road last. They were on the road, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's up, and then we've got the Raider game, like you said, on Sunday. You know, quick turnaround. Uh, they got to get the field, you know, ready for the Raiders. So uh, we'll see what happens. I know. At least you'll have more people than the old venue for the Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we hope so, right? I never got you. I've been out here how many? I never, I never made a trip to Sam Boyd. Never, I never did. You didn't uh, miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, I know. But uh, you probably played poker at just about every every stop, though, haven't you? Pretty much. There you go, my <laughs> man. Best bets time. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, we're giving you our three best college bowl games from tomorrow through next Thursday. All right, so let's uh, let's focus on which days these games are going to be played, and then our three best NFL plays. And remember, we have Saturday football for the NFL side, too. Three games coming up on Saturday, and then we've got a full docket on Sunday. No more buys. And then, of course, we got Monday Night Football. Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com, with us. One of our handicapper extraordinaires who's with us, part of the team, of course, each and every week. Marco, you and me this week, brother. Kick us off your three best college bowl games. What do you got? We're working hard for the college this week, DC. <laughs> remember, I'm good, I'm good and, I, and I got to say, remember, this is our, our early college, college bowls, bowls game, yeah. bowl games from Saturday hey. through next Thursday. So we're, we're going to start with the earliest one we've got. It's Louisville at Cincinnati in the prestigious. You couldn't wait, could you? I couldn't wait. Yeah. I wanted to get, I wanted to get hit the ground running. <laughs> What's this one start? 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern? Yeah. 8, 8, 8 a.m. our time. Yeah, right. 8 o'clock. You getting up for it? 
I'll be up for it. You'll be up for but it. But I probably won't be watching this. I'm getting ready to go to the Las Vegas Bowl, oh. baby. Early tailgating. How's that? There you go. All right. I'm sure I'll get pictures on that as well. <laughs> but uh, this is this time of the year, I want to preface the plays. We're looking, trying to handicap not only X's and O's, but motivation. And my whole basis of this play is I've got a question, the motivation for Cincinnati. And let's set the table. Last year, Cincinnati crashed the party. They got into play for the playoffs. They got trounced, but they got in. All right, we didn't expect them to do that to come back this year. So their goal coming into this season would have been to win their conference championship. Hey, they played in the conference championship. Oh, they lost it. Okay. Well, all right. Oh, wait, what happened after that? Oh, the coach said, Riva Durchi, he, he went out the door. They lose their coach, and he took almost all the assistants with him. Yeah. Where is the motivation for Cincinnati in this game? Now, I know Louisville lost their coach, too, but I think... And you know where Louisville's coach is going. He's going over there. So to I Cincinnati. Think, so I it's think crazy. That, it's a crazy scenario. That's the motivational edge. I'm going okay. with Louisville in this game. I'm going to take them. I think this, you know, this is a game they got it lined right. It's it's basically a pick 'em. Pick yeah. the winner. I'm going to pick the winner. I'm going to go with Louisville for my first best bet. Now you know Malik Cunningham, their quarterback, is opting out. They have several other guys that are opting out as well too. And again. Hey, I'm rooting for you, but I just couldn't get involved in this game. I don't know why you would want to get involved in this game when both sides are a complete mess. And we've never seen, you said it, we've never, this is unprecedented to see both head coaches gone and one of the head coaches <laughs> is going to the other team. And these guys used to play each other because they used to be conference opponents. It is a, it's it, a there crazy is a, scenario. It is a geographical rivalry as well, Cincinnati yeah. and Louisville, yeah. you know, just short drive apart. Second game I'm going to go with, we're on the Saturday docket again. We're looking at Fresno State and Washington State. I'm not going to take a side in this one. Trevor's not with us this week, so I had to step in and be the undertaker. And I am going under in the Fresno State-Washington State game. Washington State's got 12 players that have entered the transfer portal. Their top two wide receivers who have accounted for 94 catches, over 1,000 yards, Eight touchdowns on the season. They're both gone. Where's the offense going to come from in this game? Fresno State likes to run the football. They throw the ball well, too, but they run the football 30, 35 times a game. That's going to chew some clock. With all of the mix of new players in the game, i got to go ahead and look at the under in this one. I think you're going to see a lower-scoring game in this one. And this is one of the lower totals. I mean, when we see college football, when you see a 53 in the NFL, that's high. 50. 253 in college is not. Uh, this is one of the lower totals. I'm going under. I see 47 or less points. That's best bet number two. Uh, my third and final play is Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure now when it's Liberty and Toledo. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go with Liberty in this one. Now, Toledo, they haven't had good success in the bowl games. Not a lot of MAC conference teams do have success there. They've lost four in a row. Liberty, what a strange season for them. They start the season out 8-1. and one. That eighth victory came against Arkansas. Big upset. And then nothing. Right. Three straight losses. Now, I think what happened, one, the little fat and sassy, the game after the Arkansas. But then we started to hear some rumblings that the coach was bolting. And I think that was a distraction down the stretch for Liberty. Well, guess what? He did bolt. So that's gone. They've got the interim head coach. I think they rally around the interim head coach. 
And if I can get points against a MAC team, <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going to go ahead and call for Liberty, 31-24, my friend. All right. Trevor Manch is not with us today, but his uh, picks are up on the website if you want. Uh, and Trevor does have a, an under uh, in in his plays. One, uh, actually, two. One on the pro side, one on the uh, college side. And his under is the game that you're playing Louisville, Cincinnati. Oh, you got okay. a, you got a thought on that about low scoring there? I, I would agree with that. I okay. would agree with that. My actually, my projected score was twenty four seventeen. So that uh, that puts you right at well, the total. As we've talked about before, very hard to play unders in college football because if you go OT, brother, uh, oh yeah, it's done. Just ask Army Navy <laughs> yeah. last week, right? Sixteen in a row. We talked about it. That's they were good. They were gone. You yeah. go to OT, boom, it blew up. All right. All right, those are Marco's best bets on the college side. Myself, I am going to start with the Las Vegas Bowl. Oregon State and Florida. Oregon State lane 10. You can get some nine and a halfs out there as well, too. Lay it. Two teams and going, not, I don't want to say opposite directions, but these are two teams with opposite mindsets going into this game. Oregon State, they're excited to be here in Las Vegas. They've been here all week having a lot of fun, I can tell you. They're ranked number 14 in the country. They're coming off that huge win against their arch rival, Oregon, where they came from behind, and they really dominate Oregon in the second half of that game. Coach John Smith gets a contract extension for the next four years. So don't have to worry about coaching situations. Don't worry about players opting out. Oregon State at full strength. Florida on the other side, total opposite end of the spectrum. Their quarterback. Anthony Richardson is opting out. Why? I have no idea. This guy actually thinks he's better than he is because we've talked about it all year. He's really not that good. He says, I'm done with college. I'm going to play, go play in the NFL. Good luck on that one. All right? Their backup quarterback is Jalen Kitna. Well, he got kicked off the team for child pornography charges. Now you got to go to your third-string quarterback, and it was a guy who transferred from Ohio State. His name is Jack Miller. But Miller couldn't get a sniff at Ohio State, so he transfers over to Florida. Third-string quarterback has been injured all season long, hasn't taken a snap all season. Oh, you're going to start the Las Vegas Bowl. Forget about it. They also got three other starters that opted out of this game. Their star linebacker, wide receiver, and offensive guard. So Florida is a mess. They're 6-6, six and six, and they have one of the worst defenses in the country. It seems strange to say that, but it's true. Florida's downright awful. They are ranked 197th all right, in yards against. They are 220th in points allowed. They are giving up an average of 29 points per contest. Flip side, you got Oregon State. Like I said, they're motivated. They got a fine quarterback. They got a, a great running back in Damian Martinez, who's only a freshman. He's a thousand yard rusher. Watch for him to shred this Florida defense. I like Oregon State. I'm going to lay nine and a half or 10 at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow. Fresno State in Washington State. Marco, you're, you're on this game as well, too, except I'm going to take a side. I'm laying three and a half with the Bulldogs. Jake Hayner is a great quarterback. This guy has a chance to play in the NFL. And you know what tomorrow is? His NFL audition. He's one of the better quarterbacks in college football. And as we know, Fresno State has thrown out some very good quarterbacks over the years. All right? Um, they defeated Boise State last week in the Mountain West Conference Championship game at Boise. Tough thing to do. They've won eight in a row. They've uh, lost their last three bowl games. So they are going to be ready to go in this one. Washington State, on the other hand, uh, they're going to be playing without their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. 
Uh, and also, they're missing uh, their all-Pac-12 linebacker who's opted out of this game as well, too. And I think you mentioned they've got a, what, a total of 12 guys that aren't going to play in this game. Fresno State laying the three and a half. They're going to be ready to go over Wazoo. And then finally, I'm going to take those Boise State Broncos laying ten and a half against North Texas. Same situation here, right? Boise rarely loses two games in a row. They had a great season. They really did. And I know they feel they should be playing uh, in that Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, the one that Fresno State's playing because they won the Mountain West Conference Championship. But they did get motivated, and they actually go into a pretty decent bowl, a decent location, playing there in Frisco, Texas, the Cowboys facility. So North Texas, on the other hand, just fired their coach last week. And not a lot of people saw this coming as well, too. So there's been a big distraction there in mean green country or big green country, whatever you want to say. North Texas, last two bowl games, last two years, 0-2, lost in both. Their last bowl win, you know when that was, Marco? 2013 against UNLV. The last time UNLV went to a bowl, and it was at Hammenager, the heart of Dallas Bowl. Yeah, Boise's going to win this game for fun I like the Broncos in this one. All right, let's go to the NFL side. We got games Saturday and Sunday. Marco, start us off. I'm going to start off with Tennessee at the L.A. Chargers. I cannot lay points with the L.A. Chargers. I'm going to take Tennessee. The stock right now on Tennessee is as low as it's been all year because they've hit the skids. They've lost three games in a row. The one thing that they did do last week, they finally went back to Derrick Henry. He's been missing in action the last couple weeks. He had 117 yards last week. They're going against the worst defense at stopping the run. It, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do here. Hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. You win this football game. I like him in this one. Tennessee was minus four in turnovers last week. Uh, that's what did them in. But prior to the five games to that, they only had two turnovers. I think they win this game going away. I like Tennessee on Sunday. Second one, you hear me talk about situational plays. I talk about scheduling. And this one is one of my favorite sandwich spots. You've got Philadelphia. You want to talk about a team that's flying high. Excuse the pun, fly, Eagles, fly. They scored 48 points last week, TC. The stock couldn't be any higher on them. Everybody's back on the bandwagon. Philadelphia's for real. They dismantled the Giants, a division rival. Who do they got next week? The Dallas Cowboys. You talk about... Sandwich spot, you're thinking. It is the big sandwich spot in... Chicago, what are they doing? They get Justin Fields back. They're coming off their bye week. What do we talk about? Teams going to the bye week. Got It's not playing well. I like them. Give me the Chicago Bears plus the nine. They are going to give Philadelphia a major scare. I won't call for the outright upset. Okay. I'll just take the nine points. So if you want to do anything with a teaser or something, I I, I know you've been known to do that. You and I think you I think you got a Bears teaser in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be. No, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tease a nine point uh, dog off. You wouldn't because they to get they sixteen get, or fifteen, they, they, sixteen. Come on, because there is the chance they could get drilled in that game with the thing. But I like them okay. here with the nine. Right. I, I'm better with the nine and okay. one team. All right. So I got the Bears. That is best bet number two. Best bet number three. We got the word. He's back. Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> He is back. He's they're they're 
And that's a difference maker? Well, here's the difference maker. Okay. We got Jared Goff that's going to actually face a defense this week. We got Jared Goff that's going to actually play outdoors this week in New York in late December. Okay? These California kids don't, they don't like that. I mean, he's, do you remember that one game against the Bears? It was a Sunday night game. He looked like a deer caught in headlights that game. Uh, Cold weather, everything else. It's been a great story with Detroit, but here's what I took away from last week's game. And they beat Minnesota, and we all know about that. This is a spot that I am looking for them. They had to do gadget plays last week to secure that win. And that was against a suspect Minnesota defense. They faked the punt. They threw to the tackle on a third down at a key point in the fourth quarter to keep the drive alive. They're going against one of the best defenses in the league, the Jets. And that defense is better than it looks on paper because the offense doesn't help it out. I like the Jets to end this run of the Detroit Lions. That's best bet number three. You're okay with Zach Wilson? I'm going to be okay with Zach Wilson right. because, you know what, he he needs to perform. Yeah. After what he did and then what they did without him, he's got to, he's got to sh- show up and win that team back. He's got to win it back. and I don't know if I want to take that, that gamble because they could be a very fickle locker room, as we know, when things like that happen. So I'm rooting you on, my friend, but I agree with you. I mean, it's time for the Lions to maybe come crashing down in this spot against a great Jets team. Not a good Jets team, but a great Jets team. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start the action off tomorrow morning, Saturday. Colts and Vikings. Vikings are laying three and a half. I think it's a perfect spot for the Vikings because this is what they do. All right. They usually fall apart against the better teams, but they play a team that stinks. They flourish in these situations. And that's really what they got. Indy does stink. They're coming off a shellacking of Dallas a couple weeks ago. This team really is a mess, more so now than it ever had been. When they hired Jeff Saturday, they came into Vegas and they beat the Raiders and they had a little mojo going, but that quickly has subsided. Now, hey, they're they're planning with their travel agent what they're going to do here at the end of the season here three weeks away. Minnesota needs this win. Short price here. A lot of value here. Vikings at home against a well below 500 team, only laying three and a half. Good bounce back situation here for the Vikings and a lot of value. Philly and Chicago. Marco, I'm on the opposite side. Chicago is more of a mess than Indianapolis. This team has lost six in a row. They've lost nine of their last ten games. And Philadelphia continues to dominate its opponents. They don't look past a team. That's why I'm not buying that this team is going to say, okay, sandwich game here. They're going to Chicago. Nope, because I've really watched this team closely. And right when we think that they're going to have one of these you know, games against a lower echelon team, they wax them. And I think that's what they're going to do against Chicago. And to cover this nine points, it's just going to take a Justin Fields turnover or two, and this thing can get upside down really, really quickly here. It may not be a big blowout game, but the Eagles can win this game 27 to 17, and I'm going to be I'm going to cover here. But how does Chicago even get to 17 against this Eagles defense? That's what I want to know. I think Chicago is a mess. I talked about the losing streak. This Philadelphia Eagles team, they're 12 and 1, 6 and 0 on the road. Very impressive. Number and here's the big thing for me. The number 1 ranked pass defense in the Eagles against the 32nd ranked dead last pass offense in the Bears. Say no more, Squire. Give me the Eagles. I smell a food bet. I think a food bet is in order and it's down. <laughs> down like James Brown. Record it. There it is. All right. Finally, I'm going to go to the pick'em variety here. Patriots and the Raiders. 
Give me the Patriots. <laughs> Two teams going in opposite directions. Raiders are in disarray. And now talk is that Derek Carr is playing for his job next season because he's been so terrible this season. Still haven't beat a team with a winning record. Well, okay, I changed that. I guess they did beat the Chargers. The Chargers won last week, so that makes them 7-6. and six, But they weren't <laughs> a winning record then, you know, last week. But anyway... Uh, you know what I'm saying? No. The, the Raiders still have not beat a, a decent team all year long. All right. So they got one. New England, trending very well right now. They won four of the last six games. They are playing for a playoff berth. The Patriots will be able to move the ball against the Raiders' D. We know that. But the Patriots' strength, as we know, is their defense. If the Raiders have a bright spot, it's two bright spots. It's Devontae Adams through the air and then Josh Jacobs on the ground. Well, the Patriots will be ready for that. And who is better than Bill Belichick? Probably nobody else. Definitely not Josh McDaniels. Not the Raiders' defensive coordinator. Forget about it. This is the teacher against the pupil. It's Belichick. He will neutralize the Raiders' strength. New England wins. A pick em game. They need the game. Come on. Got to get on the pats here. And Mac Jones, good game against Arizona. Not worried about the West Coast, East Coast, because they stayed here in Las Vegas after they won in Arizona on Monday night. They stayed here in Vegas. They've been here all week. Uh, I don't think it's asking too much to just ask the Patriots to come away with a win. All right. Those are our best bets. The entire crew's best bets are on the website right now at tcmartinshow.com. Go check that out. Scott Spritzer is Gilby the Intern. I actually like Gilby the Intern's uh, picks this week as well, too. And our good friend Trevor Manich, who couldn't join us today because he's in the studio right now uh, with his ESPN College Bowl coverage. All right. We appreciate uh, John Murray for joining us, the executive director here at the Superbook. And again, thanks to our Jay Cornegay and the entire staff here at the Westgate. Uh, love being here each and every Friday. Come on by, see the show live. And if you miss any of the shows, go to the website at tcbartonshow.com. Go check out the interview page. Okay, We've had some great interviews this week with Barry Odom, the new UNLV head coach. Uh, that's up there. We've got uh, everything else that's going on. Kevin Kruger, uh, 10-0 Rebels. Our other interviews are up there from the past couple weeks. So go check it out. All updated at uh, tcmartinshow.com. Best bets, interviews, blogs, all there for you, and all of the past shows as well. Marco, enjoy the weekend, my man. A lot of action. We got nonstop. Starts early tomorrow. We got it. And UNLV, USF as well on the hardwood at 2 o'clock. And uh, we'll be thinking of the big seven-footer. Appreciate Bill, but Big Bill Cartwright joined us today as well. For Marco D'Angelo, T.C. Martin saying so long. Have yourself a good one. We're back at it on Monday at 2. Enjoy your weekend.